Welcome into Second Down right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko for Thursday's abbreviated Second Down. We have the Sean Quinn Show coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. And then coming up a little bit later this afternoon, we'll have live coverage coming to you from the Clay Helton Introductory Press Conference up at Georgia Southern. So a whole lot of college football coaching news coming to you this afternoon on ESPN Radio. But PJ, I want to start in a place where I don't usually exist. Oh, no. I, I, I don't talk about it a whole lot on the show because I feel like the other 23 hours every day are covered up by this. It's okay. Expanding those horizons a little bit. You know, I do my best. Yeah. We're going to start today in the NFL. Right. Because I do find this Odell Beckham Jr. stuff fascinating. Mm-hmm. Have you? How aware of you of the situation? Um, you know, I, I know the offense has, has kind of been broken recently there mm-hmm. with, with the Browns, even with all that talent. I know that there have been, you know, back and forths with, with OBJ and, and, you know, basically the, the offense as a whole, the coaching staff, whatnot. And I know that he was also basically asked to leave practice the other day and that the coach told the other players that he, at this point, to, 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 to not... He's basically not part of the team right now. So what? Well, I mean, did you, do you see the last why thing he's I've not heard. part of the team? No, I just his, figured his that was dad, his attitude. But. His dad went on Instagram. Oh no! And posted videos, basically showing every time OBJ was open, and Baker Mayfield didn't throw him the ball. Gotcha. And then there were people commenting underneath it, basically saying Baker Mayfield sucks, and he's like putting like the one hundred emoji underneath it and stuff like that so like after that came out uh, he he also responded with hashtag big facts to a post that called mayfield mediocre obj did or his no this is his dad okay this is either way not good but yeah i i think it's interesting because if odell beckham jr i guess it's like it's the silence says everything if he really didn't feel that way then he would have come out and said, listen, my dad's wild out on social media. Yeah. Like, this is not how I feel. Baker Mayfield's my quarterback. Right. Like, because Baker Mayfield's side of it is Baker Mayfield came out and said, listen, uh, obviously, it never feels good when somebody says something like that about you. He's like, we're struggling as a team. He's like, but I would be willing to put my ego aside because all I care about is winning. That's what Baker Mayfield had to say. Yeah. But Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, dismissed him yesterday, told him again today not to come to practice and informed the the Browns that he would no longer be a Brown as the team prepares for Cincinnati. Man. Parents out here wilding out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, at at any point, OBJ could come out and and make his, you know, expressions or or thoughts known in this situation. Uh, You know, if he he wasn't, if there wasn't this kind of rift uh, between the two or or between him and the offense as a whole, he wouldn't have been asked, I'm sure to, to leave the practice there yesterday and, you know, would, would be welcome back with open arms. Yeah. Obviously, like you said, uh, you know, parents out here on social media doing what they do, but it's, it's just like, you know, back in, back in high school or or whatever, you're playing basketball or playing football or whatever. And you got, you got your parents like yelling at the refs or yelling at the coaches from the stands. That's this at this level. Exactly, and it's at any point you can look at your coach or look at your team players and and talk to them about it. You can either look, listen in high school. You can look at look look out at your parents and be like, "Hey, can you not just be quiet, please?" And, and oh, I'm not going to say who, but I have I have been but, at a high school football game when a high school coach has turned around, looked at a couple of dads in the stands, and said, "Shut the bleep up." Yeah, and yeah. I was like, 
Yes. I'm saying even if you're that kid, right? Yes. I mean, even if you're, if you're that player in that situation, you're, you're trying to get them to calm down. Uh, but obviously, if, if there is any of that, we're not seeing it. If, if there is any of that, the Browns aren't seeing it either. And at the end of the day, this is just – you have – and I hate to do this. I, I hate to put this onus and this you know weight on, on certain players because I feel like we're way too quick to do that. Uh, to to just automatically judge a player as this or that as injury prone as as you know toxic player things like but this kind of thing just kind of follows OBJ it, right. it's just true and it this is not the first time anything like this has happened this is not the first time he's he, he's been creating a rift of some kind and again it's that responsibility of of owning up to it and also you know being a team player and and being able to communicate that to your team and to your guys. Obviously, he has not been able to do that uh, just yet. So, I, I get the frustration for sure of of being of you know having that offense with all that talent and not being able to come together. Uh, not I mean, being yeah, able to do much got, with it. He has but seventeen dang, interceptions this year through six games, two hundred and thirty-two yards, and he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. But I mean, that's not just this year. Last year, he only had three hundred and nineteen yards. He just played in seven games though, so he's basically on the same track he was last year, which I guess can be frustrating. Same time though, this is a running football team. Yeah, like they have a really good offensive line, and Kevin Stefanski has come out and said we're going to run the football and then we're going to hit play action off of that. I think what people aren't pointing at, and I don't want to put all the blame on OBJ here because he's not the only reason they've gone four and four to start. But in a clutch situation last week against uh, in their game last week, he goes up one handed, yeah, and doesn't come down with the ball. Right, where it's just like. Eventually, as a quarterback, you're going to say, I can't trust throwing you the ball. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be my go to guy. And also, for his dad going through and like, look how wide open he was, you can do that with any quarterback from any game ever Mm -hmm. is go back and look at every single throw and be like, oh, well, look how open this guy was over here. For the most part, a quarterback is going to go through two reads before he gets rid of the ball, right? If your son is not part of the read, and he's running wide open on the backside, maybe the quarterback has time to get back over there. More likely than not, the quarterback does not have time to scan through five different options and find the guy that's running wide open. Or when he's running wide open, he's looking at his first target. So it's that you, you can do that with anything. It's kind of like you can call holding yeah. on any play. I just I found this situation fascinating because you have a dad on social media, which, I mean, it's gone viral now, Breaking down film saying, look how open my son is. My son is it's the problem with the offenses are not throwing the ball to my son. It's like you said, this is like some high school BS yeah. right here in the NFL. And Kevin Stefanski's like, look, man, two hundred yards isn't worth this headache. No, no. Like not, we're gonna not at all. We we appreciate you. But the funny thing is they are now past the trade deadline. Yeah. So you can't, so what can't do, you do, do a with lot them? with it. Yeah. And and like you said, especially with Stefanski, you have a quarterback that, that's not able to to trust that that wide receiver to, to be able to go to him in clutch situations because he's just trying to make that the next highlight play. And that is insanely frustrating uh, as well. But, but like you said, you, you can do that in any moment that the play could flow to the exact opposite side right. of the field that OBJ is on. You can also have, I, I know they have a very solid offensive line, but when you don't have that quarterback in the picture of the wide open route that your son is running, he could have three guys, three defensive players in his face and just simply not be able to get 
your son the ball. I mean, he, he could also be flat on his back while your son is wide open complaining about not getting the ball. So, like, there, there are many other, other reasons and, and options and opinions on, on why, um, you know, though he could be wide open on those plays. So there's a million reasons for that. But, no, I, I'm not really sure uh, what to do in, in this situation. You have such a talented individual and talented player and and off the top of my head uh, I'm not not insanely sure how much they're paying him or or what kind of contract he's under right now but yeah at at this point it's not worth it and at this point how how repairable is this situation Uh, to me this has to be handled and it, it can only be handled by OBJ and him coming back to the team and, and communicating um, some sort of any sort of positive communication back to the team yeah. and trying to repair this. Other than that, it's done. It's over. You've already been dismissed. Leadership just needs to cut it off at the head and release him because that's really the only option you have other than OBJ coming back I and think with, I, with some sort of communication. I don't know the full spectrum of how this would affect his contract or what the Browns would owe him, but I know – if they wait until the end of the season and trade or release him, then they save themselves fifteen million dollars yeah. on their salary cap. So that's a little that's a that's I, a little motivating. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they end up doing with him, but yeah, from what Kevin Stefanski's saying, he's not going to be back. I just I find that story absolutely fascinating. Is it as fascinating as a special teams coordinator, a stripper named Pole Assassin, and a monkey? Absolutely not. We'll dive into that and other college football talk when we come back right here on ESPN Radio. Second Down is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko here on this Thursday afternoon. Again, we will have the Sean Quinn Show coming up for you next. And then a little bit later this afternoon, uh, we'll have live coverage for you coming from the Clay Helton Introductory Press Conference there at Georgia Southern. PJ, when I say the word pole assassin, (laughs) what do you think I am describing? Uh, maybe some sort of odd movie in in which there's an assassin that only <laughs> uses certain poles to to kill people. Um, maybe even well, if it was like North Pole assassin or something like that, maybe maybe even some Santa you know, Claus. Yeah, maybe some Holy like cow. There's an assassin taking out Santa. Or trying to take down Santa for wow. some reason, or maybe it is Santa. Like he's the pole assassin coming down your chimney and. If if you've been bad this year, watch out. Like, I don't know, but definitely, I'm sure not what you're about to talk about. No, Pole Assassin would be the <laughs> stage name of one Danielle Thomas. Now, Danielle Thomas is the girlfriend of Jeff Banks, who is the special teams coordinator. Uh, used to be at Alabama. He's a special teams coordinator now with Steve Sarkeesian out at Texas. Uh, Je- Jeff Banks. I'm just putting facts out there. Uh, split up with his wife and is now with Miss Danielle and they live together. Okay. Right? Well, Danielle, when she performed as Pole Assassin, right. had a monkey that performed with her. Interesting. You can see pictures of the pair together on her Instagram. The internet is out there. I will let you do your own research. Now, this past Halloween, they had a haunted house kind of thing going on at their house on the side of their house, right? Kids could walk in, get their candy, walk out. A little scary, a little... It's fun, right? Yeah. Well, apparently, and I'll, I'll say this, this is from... And this comes from her Twitter page. 
Apparently, once you got to the end, they kind of turned you back around like a U-turn fashion. But if you went past it, there's a gate, which you would have had to open, go into the backyard, walk all the way behind their, like, mansion, past the pool. And then there's another gate in which you went inside. And inside that is a monkey pen. Apparently, a kid went on an adventure past the haunted house, through the backyard, to the monkey <laughs> pen, and was then bitten oh. by said monkey. Oh, no. So now here we sit. On a Thursday afternoon, and Steve Sarkeesian is having to answer questions oh my as his team sits at four and four, I believe, about whether or not Pole Assassin and her monkey are a distraction to the football team. <laughs> that's that's incredible. It's certainly a distraction to me because I'm I'm trying to figure out how all this happened and, and what you get. Like I thought, man, what an, what an adventure that was for that kid. Not only that, but just like we're even on more of an adventure trying to trying to figure this out and piece it all together. Uh, first of all, how do you go about inquiring a monkey and a and did a it, monkey pen like your own it, personal did it, monkey? Didn't Ross and friends have one? He like, did, but that's a show, man. In the nineties, the nineties were wild. Like the nineties were. A lot, a, I think a lot of people have monkeys. We're monkeys. a weird time. Like we, it's twenty twenty one, and we're talking about having monkeys. What else can I have? But so there's that part of it. Well, here's here's my question. Let's say two things are true. Let's say the monkey did bite a kid, but let's also say the monkey was in a pen in the backyard with a sign on it that said no entry. Well, it's a kid. Who, he's well, not gonna... No, but what I'm saying is, is that is that the monkey's fault or should you be keeping a better eye on your kid? No, absolutely. No, no, no. 1,000% keep a better eye on your kid. And, and, you know, you have all the excuses of, well, it's a haunted house. It's dark in there. Who knows? He's no, just... no, no, no. If you, if you see the video she posted, that's again, this is alleging this is all true yeah. and that the monkey wasn't just running around free in their backyard, which I would assume they wouldn't let that do because that monkey's just probably gone at that point. But maybe it's a very trustworthy monkey. Well, if, if what just they're saying is true backyard. and it was in its pen, that kid had to go a good hundred yards around that house to get to the monkey pen. That's just a parent not caring about the kid. That's what I'm saying. Like. Well, as a kid, you know, maybe, you know, they, they say you just got to learn sometimes. And if the, the pan's hot, sometimes you just got to touch it. Yep. That's the best way to learn. Sometimes well, now you're you going to learn not to stick your fingers in a monkey cage. Now, this is exactly. not like a, sometimes you gotta get this bit is by a not a chimpanzee sized monkey. This is, this is a, one of the small, I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert on monkey species. I was but about to say, I feel it's, like, it's literally, aren't chimps small? No, chimpanzees are big. Chimpanzees will, they'll rip your face off. But oh. No, uh, the this one's one of the small ones, like the crawl around on your back kind of yeah. A monkey. Yeah. So like it wasn't like when they say they bit the kid, like I can't imagine this kid's missing a finger. Like I'm not trying to say this isn't a horrifying experience for the kid, but I mean, how bad could the the bite have been? I can't imagine. I mean, I, it's it's interesting, right? Like I like you said, I don't know the teeth size of these. Well, say, say it's not a monkey, either. though. Here's I guess here where it's coming down to me. Maybe say like it's not a, a monkey. If I have a dog, because I have a dog, she's not a biter, but if she was, if I have if my dog's in her backyard, yeah, and you're not supposed to be back there. That's what I was saying. And a second your ago. kid goes into my backyard, yeah, and your kid gets bit. And listen, I don't see how any of this is mine or my dog's fault. At the end of the day, it's it's a kid exploring how far he can explore without his parents knowing, right? Uh, we've, all, we've all done it in the past, so uh, when I say this, don't, no don't, 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 you know, rake me over the coals or anything like that. But listen, this kid had several different barriers in <laughs> which he saw and said, 
I don't care. I'm going through this. And then stuck and, his hand through. And then through. stuck his hand in a monkey cage. Like you said, at the end of the day. I like how we're assuming this is a boy because this is this just is boy activity. Kid, but this is boy activity. It, it really is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you kind of got what you got coming you, to you, you man. You learned something, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Now, this also shows you the difference in parenting because if this parent is indeed freaking out, which maybe they're like, oh, snap, this is Jeff Banks' house. Like, maybe we can get a settlement out of this. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Uh, but, like, parenting styles. I know a lot of parents, if their kid got bit by a monkey after they went through two gates and stuck their hand in there, they like, yeah, you learned something, didn't you? Exactly. But instead, and like, listen, I've never been a parent before. I've I've had many animals, but I, I've never had I've never been a parent before. I get it. At the end of the day, though, like you said, very different parenting styles. And and most of the time, when you have a situation like this, where you're like, oh wow, my kid got bit by whatever in a place he shouldn't have been, my reaction is to sue those people or is to get them in trouble. Normally, you're doing that as a parent because you feel bad about the mistakes that you've made. Yes. Somehow you, you got to get back at these other people. I mean, it's, okay. it's a guilt I'm thing, man. I'm going to show you a, a picture of Pole thing. Assassin, and that is her monkey. Okay. Not a large monkey. Not at all. I mean, that, that's, that's maybe like you go to pet a cat at a friend's house, and a cat doesn't want to be petted at that point. Yeah. You get, you get like that Here little reactionary bite. Is a photo of Pole Assassin and monkey in action. There you go. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that shouldn't. No, that shouldn't be that much. No, the, the tweet... Is she the pole assassin or is the monkey? Because no, that look, monkey, man... That monkey's on the pole right my there. My goodness. It's wild. <laughs> but this is from at Thomas G. Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> he says, I'm hearing a report from a credible source that Texas Longhorn special teams coach Jeff Banks' monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick-or-treater last night on Halloween. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be, quote, pried off the small child. Oh, my gosh. Define pride, because, again, this monkey's... Head is smaller than my fist. Got to bring in the jaws of life. I mean, I'm kind of team monkey on this one, if I'm being honest. I'm definitely team monkey. If the story is how we heard it, which is the kid went through, went to haunted house, went into a backyard, and then went through multiple gates and stuck hand in cage and monkey bit him. I'm kind of team monkey. Somehow found a way. You know how like the parents tell the stories are like, yeah, when I went to school, I had to walk uphill both ways in yep. a snowstorm. That's kind of what that kid had to go through to get to that point. So it's kind of on the kid. And I'll say I'm probably not a very good, like, reputable source for this because nine times out of ten when there's an animal versus person situation, it's the person's fault. I'm normally on the yeah, side of the animal. It's the person's fault. Uh, so, so I'm right there with you. Let's, let, me, let me put this hype, like, situation Do out it. here for you. We've heard for many years that Texas is quote-unquote back, which obviously they're not. Mm -hmm. If they never come back, so let's say like over the next nine, ten years, they just keep going like three and nine. <laughs> sure. And they very well could because they're in the SEC. I, just, I don't know where this is going, and I'm excited. I kind of. How about a rebrand? Oh no. Texas Pole Assassins. A, mo a screaming monkey on the side. Yeah. Of there. Let's go. I'm kind of here for it. I'm ready. Let's let's do this thing, or like not even a screaming monkey, like the, the head of a monkey biting a kid's hand. Or just like an that could be an alternate, just an alternate every year around Halloween. <laughs> yes, let's go, man. I'm kind of here for it. I I am all for it. Like, Instead of hook him, bite him. I'm 150. percent Yeah. Like, how would you? What would? How would you? Can't you can't have just the horns like, at that point? Kind of like do like a a C motion, but like biting down. Yeah. Kind of like a crab. There's a very vulgar one that we could do, but I'm not going to talk I'm about that. I'm just going to avoid one. that one. What horns yeah, down? Sure. <laughs> yeah, what? Whoa. That's the worst thing Whoa. I can think of is horns Whoa. down. Oh, it's getting 
wild in here. I know, man. In here, PJ. You need to calm down. I'm sorry. This uh, is serious XM. Why would I ever think about doing this? This isn't serious XM. I can't believe I've said it this many but times. God, I just, down. I just love college football. Because, I mean, you have you have an article on USA Today, the bizarre allegations about a Texas coach's emotional support monkey explained. You were 95% of the way through that story, <laughs> and I still didn't know how it was going to relate to sports. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I still I had no idea. I don't inherently know that it does, outside of the fact that Steve Sarkeesian is now having to answer questions about it. Let's go it. here as well. Like, special teams, special teams coordinator, right, you said? Yeah, Jess Special Banks. teams coordinator and, and pole assassin with, with what she does, obviously. Affording a mansion, though? Like, they've been pretty good with their money. Oh, well, I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming a coordinator at Texas is making over a million dollars. And a monkey? Hold on, let's see. With Jeff all that goes into that? Like the medication it probably needs to stay I love, healthy. I love um, public files. Here we you go. Have the, you, have, you have the monkey food, which what do you Jeff, feed it? Jeff Banks is making over a million dollars. I'm just saying, they've done, they've done very well with their money. What do you feed a monkey, uh, obviously, other than small Child children? Child hands. We're going to take a quick break. Children. We'll come back with the Sean Quinn Show next right here on ESPN Radio.